So what's happening here, Mike? Okay, so one of the um, rather more unusual tasks that I had, as you can see here, was twice a day to actually trim the four candles that were around the funeral um, beer. Um, never really thought in my life that I would be trimming candles. Um, and I had a, a lesson from the verger of the Westminster Cathedral on how to actually look after candles. Wow. So I'm now an expert in, um, in candle maintenance. <laughs> so um, we've just seen Mike walk across. There's a procession of mourners coming in to mourn the Queen and uh, or to pay their respects. And Mike's just walked across and now he's attending to some candles which are up on the raised platform. And the people are continuing to file past. And I must say, you're doing this very discreetly, Mike. <laughs> well, we didn't really quite appreciate that the cameras would be rolling while we were doing this. Um, so the first time we did it, no one actually told us until my wow. wife rang me up and said, you do realise <laughs> that was live on television. My so husband's on telly. It became quite nerve-wracking after that oh, because um, boy. we were terrified of knocking a candle off, for example. Wow. Well... Everyone who's listening, welcome to another Sauntering Podcast and with me, Paul White. And today I'm really thrilled to be able to be talking to Mike McCann. And Mike's going to tell us a little bit about his job and what he's just recently been very busy with. As you probably guessed, it's something to do with the Queen and her funeral arrangements. Mike, introduce yourself. Hi, Paul. Um, so I'm Mike McCann. I am currently the head of maintenance for the parliamentary estate. And that, of course, includes the Palace of Westminster. Right. Not the Houses of Parliament. There's no such building. Okay. So that's the first thing to say. Wow. Everyone calls it the Houses of Parliament. That's actually the House of Commons and the House of Lords chambers sitting. Mm -hmm. The building itself is actually technically a royal palace so there's our connection with the queen straight away wow and so you're responsible for the maintenance indeed indeed wow that's pretty hefty uh, job it, it has its moments and of course this is one of them so wow um, and there's a very kind of um piece of your job that we're all very excited about which is <laughs> the, the big ben connection yes of course i am also a keeper of the great clock which is a slightly separate and um, part of the job um, in fact, I didn't actually know about that part of the job when I took the job originally. Wow. It, it kind of came as an add-on, but um, over the years that has had its excitements as well, yes. And so in the recent um, incredible um, spectacle of the Queen's um, funeral <clears throat> and the preparations and the lying in state, you've had a very, very busy, busy time. Uh extremely busy yep and so what has that meant for you what have you been actually busy with well i i was actually on my way to the peak district on the, on the thursday wow. when we got a phone call to say um it looks like her majesty unfortunately was likely to die that day so we wow. um obviously i turned around and uh went straight to work arrived at work about six o'clock in the evening and stayed there for 37 hours Goodness, wow. <laughs> so I didn't leave Westminster Hall for 37 hours while we set up the the initial part of the lying in state. And you'd been planning to go off on a mountain bike. I was going off on a very exciting weekend, actually. So oh. it was, a, it was a, a great shame in that respect. But yeah. um, clearly this was slightly more important. Yeah, it sort of trumps it, doesn't it, really? So we're whilst we're talking, we're watching the pictures of the lying in state here on Mike's TV, which is just incredible. And it's just, an, it seems... 
um, time seems to have flown by, but Very it's much. obviously mm. not that long ago we were all watching this on our TVs and so, people making the pilgrimage to... So if I pause it there, mm. you can see that the um, the coffin is sitting on this purple... Um, not sure what you want to call it. Deus? Bo- Deus, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's actually called a beer. Oh, right. But it's spelt B-I-E-R. So we had to construct that and then pleat it in this purple material. Purple being the royal colour, of course. Wow. So that's all handmade mm-hmm. on site by our carpenters and then pleated. But the structure it sits on is called a catafalque. Ah, that's yep. the I was meaning. And, and it's probably quite difficult to realise how much work went into building that. Yeah. That took about um, 22 hours to build Gosh. and about 10 carpenters. Wow. Um, and that was one of our big problems because the guards stand on it and the candles. Yeah. It cannot wobble. And a lead coffin. And a lead coffin, a very heavy lead coffin. It could not move one millimetre. Yeah. And one of the problems is, which we hadn't realised, we've, we've practised building this, by the way, on several occasions, um, but on a completely flat floor ah. in an aircraft hangar. Ah. When we came to build it in the hole, we had something like... Uh, I've forgotten it. I think what it was now, but it was something ridiculous, like a, a two inch difference between one end and the other. Serious. It was a real. Wow. The floor is just not surprisingly. I mean, it's, it's old it's, flagstones. It's old flagstones. Yeah. yeah. So our poor um, carpenters had a horrendous job getting it absolutely level and flat. So that was the first bit of fun. Wow. Um, so you hinted that you'd had some practice attempts at this. This was. Um, so when did you actually start preparing for... Oh, gosh, uh, it, it never stops. I mean, it's been going on, ad, you know, for the last 100, 150 years, people have been preparing for, okay. for funerals. Sure. It's one of those strange things, though, that everyone knows it's going to happen, but mm-hmm. it's it's highly confidential at the same time. Yeah, of course. Um, so, um, and so I gather the soldiers and all different people <clears throat> who played a part in the whole thing were well rehearsed from, like months and probably years before yeah yeah i mean the last the last major practice we had was i think it was last november if i remember correctly right. um but it, it of course she's been on the throne so long yeah. that that it's very difficult to be at a heightened level of preparedness of at all course. times and yeah um yeah. so it did come as a quite a you shock even though do. well exactly like a day job exactly yeah. exactly so so it's quite a relief that it actually worked i suppose yeah. is what i'm saying so you were 30, how many hours without we, Well, stopping? the first of all, we worked 37 hours. There were, the whole thing was in three phases for us. Mm. So the first phase is to do the broadcast lighting, build the press stands and the VIP walkway that, that you see in the corner there. Mm. Um, then, we had, then we had the accession speech, which you may remember, where the king yeah. actually comes to Parliament. Yeah. Now that for us actually is a massive nuisance because it happens right in the middle of our build. Okay. So we have to stop everything. Yeah. Lay out uh, eleven hundred chairs, have that event, and then clear the chairs and carry on working. So, so wow. for us, it's quite a tricky. So, yeah. the thirty-seven hours was getting all of that ready. Then the king came, have his speech, and then we worked another thirty-seven hours <laughs> to get this all ready, as you see now. Yeah. Um, and then once it starts, in some ways, we could relax a little bit, mm-hmm. um, other than looking after the candles and yeah. making sure the lights didn't go out. Wow. That's it. Honestly, Mike, what an incredible opportunity to play a part in history. I mean, gosh. It was a massive privilege. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is because we were in the middle of it working so 
hard. Mm. We didn't get an awful lot of time to stand back and actually realise what we were doing. Yeah, yeah. I think it was only when the first public started coming through and um, I actually saw people in tears that it kind of hit you. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't... I, I was profoundly moved by the news first that Her Majesty was poorly and, and, and then I had that kind of feeling like, oh boy, this sounds like it could be it. And uh, then when she actually died, you know, that same day, I think the whole country was mm. literally mm. hit like by a bus, really, weren't we? It was. I suppose, strangely, I didn't get that chance. Right. Because mm. we launched straight into... You know, into working yeah. flat out. You're, you're so, in some ways, now. although I should have been one of the main—not main, but to me, it should have been a very yeah, big. Very I actually didn't get that chance because right. we were just so busy. Um, wow. So, unfortunately, in some ways, we were kind of so busy in a business business sense yeah. that we didn't get that chance to to grieve actually until much later. A couple of really just technical trivia questions, but I mean, how many contractors or? Um, uh, I'm, what I'm going to say, um, tradespeople, did you have working on your particular We had about, um, probably at its peak, we had about 50, 50 people right. working. Yeah. And then, do you have any idea how many people passed by and didn't realise you were passing by your workmanship? But um, I've yet to see the final figures, but I believe there are around about 250,000. Wow. So a quarter right. of a million people. That's mm. incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Some who queued, as you know, for well over 20 hours. Oh, so. my goodness. Towards the end. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Long queue, wasn't it? So, Mike, you've you've indicated to me before you've had opportunity to meet the Queen. What was, what was On what occasion did you meet her and how I've, did I've, she seem to you? I've met her twice in my life. Um, the first time may come as a surprise to you because it was actually in Portland Harbour. Oh, right. Yeah, so wow. there's a nice Dorset connection. Yeah, so, um, uh, At 18 years old, I was actually a, a marine engineering cadet in the Royal Fleet Auxiliary, oh, yeah. which many of you will know are the grey ships that you mm-hmm. see even today in Portland Harbour. Yeah. Um, there's actually an American one out there now. Um, and it's actually quite a funny story because the Queen and Prince Philip came to commission our new flagship, um, the RFA Fort Austin. The only problem was I wasn't on Fort Austin. I was on RFA Gold Rover, a much smaller ship, um, which was Portland Tanker at the time, which is the ship that was stationed permanently in Portland. Um, As some of your listeners will know, the older ones, Portland was the Navy's training base. Yeah. um, And we were the uh, training ship for refuelling at sea for the Navy. Um, Very nice job, actually, I have to say, based in Portland. So that's how I got to know Dorset um, when I was 18. Um, So I I was only on the ship for about four to five months. But it was a very enjoyable time. But the the funny story is that for some reason they decided that there weren't enough people on the Fort Austin for the royal visit. I think they thought that the the Prince Philip was used to naval ships which have much larger crews. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to put more people on the ship and I suppose it looks good as well. So they drafted us onto this ship. and I'd never been on this ship before in my life, and it was completely different to my ship. So the funny thing is, of course, I arrive on this ship as a, as a young cadet, 18 years old, wow. and I didn't realise I'd also been invited to have tea with the Queen and wow. Prince Philip. So I spent about 45 minutes, which is a long time, Gosh, yeah. a long time, especially when you're 18. Yeah. But of course, the Queen was delightful. The Queen was, I'm you know, sure. she, um, I don't mean it rudely, but she made small talk in a, in a very pleasant manner. Yeah. 
The Prince, of course, was a very different problem because he was an ex ex Royal Navy. Uh, so he knew exactly what was going on. So, and so I found myself being to asked a series of more oh and more technical questions gosh. about a ship I'd never set foot on. <laughs> and this is absolutely true. Absolutely yeah, true story. With his eyes drilling so holes in you. I think he must have thought I was an idiot by the end by the end of the um, day. Oh man. That's so that was my first um, yeah. first time I met the Queen. The second time I met the Queen was about uh, 10 years ago mm-hmm. because one of the things that I'm also responsible for is all of the state opening works okay. as well. Yeah. So I've probably done about 20 state openings now. Um, and during one of those, we were presented to Her Majesty as well. Um, so I've met her twice, which is really nice, oh, really fantastic. nice. Fantastic, yeah. Mm. And <clears throat> so I mean, one of the things that really stood out about the Queen, particularly, I think, in later years, was her really outspoken in her kind of restrained British kind of I think way. That, yeah. Outspoken is about her faith in Jesus. And Absolutely. that was pretty impressive. It, it? it was very impressive. And as you say, I think she did it in such a dignified manner mm-hmm. that didn't stir up controversy. Yeah. Which I think was quite a clever... It sounds very easy, actually, doesn't it? Oh, <clears> but no, as not, we all know, in this yeah. modern world we live in now, um, it's not so easy. And I think she did it in a, in a very dignified way. Yeah, mm. it's very good. Some of the Queen's speeches I was listening to thinking, wow, you well, are... Well, they became the stronger. They became... They, yeah, and they became stronger and stronger, yeah. didn't they? The yeah, last yeah. Christmas one in particular yeah. was, was, yeah, you know, very, very... And it was very open, much very about open. the person of Jesus Christ, wasn't it? It mm. wasn't just about Christianity in no. a sort of abstract no. kind of general kind of way. I think she made it very clear it was personal. Yeah. Mm, which I think surprised a lot of people. Definitely. Mm. So for you, you have a faith in Jesus yourself. Does it ever have any bearing on the kind of work you've been doing just recently or, you know, in the normal course of your life? What does it actually mean to be a Christian in that environment. It's a strange environment because, of course, um, it was built... Um, when the building was built, there was an awful lot of Christianity, Christianity built into the building. Sure. Um, there was a lot of inscriptions around the actual mm-hmm. terrace, for example, and, and all over the building, um, praising God and being very open about it. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, that's much more difficult now. Yeah. And, and the truth is Parliament is very secular you know um so so that is a shame but you do have a sense of of what is happening in parliament affects the whole country yeah and therefore you know it's important that one is there to to see it and do what one can obviously i'm not political i'm not involved in the political process but it but it's good to support it and to be there and actually see what's happening yeah and i mean obviously with the changing of the guard like literally we've the queen is gone now we've got a king and the prime minister who was with us up until very recently he's gone we've got a different prime Mm, minister mm. you really do see these people come and go don't you a lot of change i think in a short period of time Mm. and so do you find that having your own faith gives you a kind of like somebody to call on in times of you know, personal challenge when you're facing like a particular difficult thing of getting this job done in a certain amount of time and doing it with the whole eyes of the whole world watching. I think it does. And it brings a, a certain calmness, doesn't it? That you know that, 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 that he has it basically. And really you're just, yeah. it's not really you, is it? You know, 
much as I like to think it's you, um, it's so not you really. really sense that he gives you that extra help and carries you through. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Wow. Which brings a great comfort. Yeah. Well, Mike, honestly, I'm just delighted that you've been willing to just talk to me for a few minutes. And it's been a pleasure. We're so proud of what you've done and... You must be desperately proud. I am. I am. Yes, it's it's been quite a quite a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And England and London and mm. everything just did look great, didn't mm. it? On the, mm. on the actually, another very nice little story is we <clears throat> we we were put we were put up in a hotel um, while we we're in London, although I didn't get to see very much of it. Yeah. But uh, I was in a lift with a, a an American reporter, ah. in fact, and he actually said to me that when he came to London. He actually had a very poor view of the Queen. Really? Mm. And it completely changed. Wow. Because of this thing about... He hadn't appreciated the service she gave to people. Yeah. You know, she thought it was the other way... He thought it was the other way around. Yeah. You know. I think people have made lots of assumptions about mm. the Queen, but mm. I think when you really... When you, for me, looking at those people mm. who showed up for a funeral from all oh. around the world, every colour, every mm. race mm. almost... And to see the respect and honour they gave to her, you realise mm. what a monumental figure she Absolutely. actually has been. Absolutely. I mean, I was watching the first people coming through, and I don't, I don't think she was the first person, but she was in the first kind of ten people, mm-hmm. was an Indian lady in a sari made of the Union Jack. Wow. Which I thought was wonderful. Incredible, mm. very impressive. Mm. Yeah. But she truly has been... An outstanding leader in a very odd kind of leadership role, really. Very strange role, which I think she's performed brilliantly with such dignity. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're going to pray for the king and wish him all the very best as he takes on this role, which is a big pair of shoes to fill. It's a difficult act to follow, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Mm. And Mm. the monarchy will no doubt change significantly in his lifetime what's mm. left um but mike thank you so much and we'll look out for you on tv when <laughs> something else <laughs> amazing is happening i think it'll be a while hopefully but yeah <laughs> so we look out for the little bold head that's what he said mm. <laughs> thanks mike